You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 269. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. podcast. Thank you for coming back for another great episode. Today we're going to talk about something that has been brought up to me by several people lately. And whenever whenever I hear something more than once, many times I should say, then I start to realize, okay, this is a topic that people are talking about. And there is some really interesting information about this. And so what we're talking about today is set point theory. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, and maybe it's the reason you struggle to lose weight, or maybe is it the reason you struggle to maintain your weight loss? Because these are the things that people are asking about something called set point theory. So we are going to go all of that, we're gonna go over all of that today after this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Consumer Reports on Health magazine, there was just a quick little article that caught my eye. I would say it's nothing of new news to us, but always good to keep in mind. They talk about alcohol plus extra pounds is risky. Drinking a lot of alcohol and being overweight boosted the odds of alcohol-related liver illness and or death, according to a study of over 465,000 adults. So that's a pretty decent-sized study. Now, overall, participants who had more than two daily drinks were six times more likely to develop alcoholic fatty liver disease and seven times more likely to die from it over 10 years compared with those who had fewer than two drinks a day. Carrying extra pounds boosted risk by an extra 50%. For overweight people, overindulging in alcohol may boost the release of cell-damaging compounds, increase liver-harming insulin resistance, and hike inflammation. So, we already know alcohol is not good for us. Doesn't matter what you think, it's not good for you. When you read that red wine is good for you, it is a minimal thing that's good for you in a very minimal amount. And too much alcohol, if you are also overweight, now shows that it's gonna have sort of a double whammy impact on your health. Now that goes for a lot of things for anybody who's overweight, because once you're overweight, it's sort of like your body is at a limited capacity. Like it's working really hard to do everything it can to keep you alive, to fight infection. But when you're overweight, it's harder for your body to manage and function. So it's not really surprising that alcohol on top of being overweight is going to have a negative impact on your health. But it's really important to think about in case you are somebody who's overweight right now, just know that too much alcohol on top of the weight right now is definitely something that you want to be cautious of. So always good to keep these little things in in our mind. Sometimes it helps us reevaluate that second glass perhaps. Um, I'm not a big fan of daily drinking. So if you are someone who drinks every single day, you might start thinking about cutting that back because alcohol is definitely 
A very big inflammation on the body can have a lot of impacts um, on our mental function over time as well. I have done some alcohol podcasts, so if you'd like more information, do a little search on my uh, website or go to iTunes and you can check out those different options. Now, what are we talking about today? We're talking about set point theory. And maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. I've got a lot of information today from Healthline, from WebMD, and basically talks about why some people, or some people think, I should say, that they struggle to lose weight or struggle to maintain weight loss because of this thing called set point theory. Now, I will tell you this, maintaining and managing weight It is tough. It's tough for many people. It's not tough for everybody, but it's definitely tough for many people. And over 40% of adults and 18.5% of children and adolescents in the United States have obesity, right? Overweight and obesity can be definitely linked to health risks like diabetes, high blood pressure, stroke, heart disease. Many people are trying all kinds of different diet programs for weight management, right? We know that. They sell it in every ad there possibly is. We see it daily. But something called set point theory states that our bodies have a preset weight baseline hardwired into our DNA. And according to this theory, our weight and how much it changes from that set point might be limited. Now the theory says some of us have higher weight set points than others and our bodies fight to stay within these ranges. Now, is there a set point that regulates human body weight? Well, recent studies point to body weight being affected by a combination of factors. Weight is determined by, of course, inherited genetic traits, the environment, hormones, psychological issues, genetic elements. Weight also depends on energy burned compared to what's taken in from calories. We absolutely know that, you know, what you work out and you burn versus what you take in when you eat. So the set point model relies on the concept of a genetic preset weight range that's controlled by biological signals. And the body has a regulatory system that keeps you at this steady state level or set point. So let's get into some biology of it all. So your hypothalamus, which is in your brain, gets signals from fat cells, hormones like leptin, which that's the hormone that regulates your hunger, and hormones like insulin are triggered at certain times. And your metabolism also constantly adjusts up or down, up or down, based on so many different signals. Now, the set point theory suggests that your weight may go up or down temporarily, but it's ultimately going to return to its normal set range, and the signaling system helps maintain your weight. However, I want you to know, it's really important to realize that some scientists believe the set point may not actually be a very useful concept for understanding human body weight. Now, what about this? Can your set point weight change? Because you might be wondering, well, why does weight climb a few pounds up and a few pounds down if we have this set point? Well, some researchers believe that one reason may be the reactive signal system 
stops working efficiently over time and leptin and insulin resistance develop, causing us to gain weight. Now, that sort of makes sense because if you think about insulin resistance in general, that can happen over time when the body is just like overwhelmed with sugar all the time and overeating all the time, your body can get something called insulin resistance. So maybe it's possible that this reactive signal sort of slows down over time and doesn't really keep up and it causes us to gain weight. External elements also contribute to weight gain. Let's face it. Gradually, according to set point theory, the normal body set point keeps adjusting over time and it might be continuing to adjust upward depending on what these external elements you're exposed to. And when we try to lose weight, our body fights to maintain the higher set point weight And it does this by slowing down metabolism. And this can limit weight loss. And this is a reason that weight loss is tough. Because in order to get weight loss, we have to deficit your calories to a certain amount. As soon as you deficit your calories, your body's metabolism naturally slows down at all. Like, let me rephrase that. In order, if I give you less calories, your body starts to slow down metabolism for daily function because it doesn't have all this extra fuel basically in it. So that means you're getting a slower metabolism, but you're trying to lose weight. And so a slower metabolism is really difficult. That's a reason that you want to lose weight in a slow, sustainable way. Because when you shock it with a fad diet that's so low in deficit calories, your metabolism like comes to a halt and you'll hold on to every single pound. So that's definitely something that you want to understand whether it's set point or not set point. When you lose weight, the body does try to resist it and it does it by slowing down metabolism. Now, there's a second theory for weight, and it's called the settling point model. And this concept suggests our weight is influenced by more than just one factor. How we navigate our food choices together with our biological traits and our energy balance affects weight shifts over time. That kind of makes more sense. It can't just be set point theory. Now, overall evidence indicates that weight is not based on a one-dimensional aspect like set point theory. It's just not based on this one dimensional aspect, but rather a complex set of internal signals, external signals, a combination of environmental issues, factors, biological factors. So there's so many things that play a role when it comes to your weight loss and even weight loss maintenance. So can we change our set point weight according to set point theory? Yes. In order to reset our set point to a lower level, set point theory proponents recommend going slowly. That's just what I said, right? You have to lose weight slowly. And you want to have these sort of small weight loss goals that you hit over time versus these huge ones. What I mean by that is if you're like, I have to lose 50 pounds and you're losing one pound a week, well, you might get highly discouraged and be like, well, this is going to take too long. Well, guess what? Losing one pound a week will get you there eventually, and that way you can sustain the weight loss. But if you try to do one of these crazy fad diets so that you can lose 20 pounds in a week, I can assure you that the 20 pounds and more will go back on the next month. 
So a gradual 10% step down is what they recommend in terms of weight loss approach with persistent maintenance at each stage. That's what's going to help prepare the body to accept the new lower set point. Does that make sense? So I have to say, have a lot of clients this year and I'm really proud of them because they have decided that they want to work with me for a six month period. Like they know that this is going to take a long time and they want someone to hold them accountable the entire time, including their maintenance period. Because once we can get that weight loss going, you could probably do it on your own, but you somehow get discouraged or fall back to old ways and before you know it, the weight comes back on. But just like this is saying, if you can do this slowly and with someone helping you over time, you are more likely to get to that goal. And I don't care if it takes you one year to hit a weight loss goal, Isn't that awesome that that one year you did all that work and you sort of reset that set point, if that's such a thing, um, and you did it in a way that's now sustainable? Isn't that way better than going up and down and yo-yo dieting and adding weight and losing weight? And, And that year brings you back to the same weight you were at the year before, right? So don't be afraid of slow weight loss by any means, because it's the thing that's going to help your body sustain that weight loss in the first place, all right? So that is super important. Now, what are some problems with set point theory? Well, set point theory can't explain several patterns of weight gain that scientists have observed. These patterns suggest that what's going on in a person's life may actually have an important determining factor in their weight. So scientists have seen things like college students, right? College students usually gain weight. Children who watch a lot of television, they are more likely to be obese. People who often gain weight after marriage, that's actually a thing. A lot of people gain weight after marriage. In Western countries, less affluent people have higher levels of obesity. People often become heavier after moving from Asia to the West. So these are all very interesting patterns that go on in a person's life and maybe doesn't really work with the whole set point theory thing because why is this weight gain happening to these people if we have this set point, if you just live at this set point? Well, it's because there's so many environmental and biological factors and psychological factors as well. So college students, I was the college student. I gained 15 pounds as a freshman. Now, I'm not a big person. I'm five foot five, and I didn't have any weight problems in high school. So 15 pounds was kind of a lot in one year. And why did I gain that weight? Um, I knew nothing about nutrition, so when I went to the dorm, I ate cereal every night for dinner and ice cream because I didn't like all the greasy foods they had, so instead I had cereal and ice cream literally every night. And do you know what that does? It causes 15 pounds of weight gain. (laughs) And I actually exercised quite a bit, but that's not going to be enough when you're not eating healthy. So your intake, your, your intake of food and fuel will still impact gaining weight. It's not like, oh, Kim Eagle has a set point of this weight, so she's never going to gain weight. No, doesn't work like that. You can still eat all the wrong things and too much of them, and you're absolutely going to gain weight. Children who watch a lot of TV, they are more likely to be obese. Why do you think that is? 
Well, they're not moving. They're not exercising. A lot of these children are eating in front of the TV, so they, just like adults, have no idea that they ate the whole box of cookies while they were watching their cartoon, right? So that's, again, sort of an intake issue. Uh, people gain weight after marriage. I thought that was kind of a funny one because I know my parents always say that. I'm pretty sure they say they gained weight because they used to eat Malamar cookies in bed after they got married. So you get content with your loved one and maybe you start to indulge a little more because you don't feel like you have to fit into that wedding dress anymore or, or impress someone, your fiance or your boyfriend or whatever it might be. People tend to gain weight after they get married. So all of these things are sort of showing that there's definitely a problem with set point theory. You can't just think to yourself, oh, this is my weight because of set point theory, so I shouldn't even try to change that. I shouldn't even lose weight, right? Now here's my opinion about set point theory. I do think there's a little something to it, but I think there's something to it in the sense of your healthy weight. Okay, this is what I mean. So this is sort of a personal, a personal thing that I'm gonna explain. So it's done not by research. This is me telling you my personal opinion and what happened to me personally. But when I was in college, I literally weighed 122. Okay, that was my college weight. I was fit, I was healthy. That was after, by the way, the freshman 15. I took it off that summer because <laughs> I was very unhappy with it. But after I took that weight off, I weighed 122. Guess what I weigh today? I'm almost 50 years old and my weight range is between 120 to 122. My body loves to be at 122. I like the 120 just a little bit better, but it doesn't matter. No one notices, okay? But I always tell my clients, you need to have a weight range. You can't live at a weight number. But if I was to live at a weight number, it would be 122 because my body loves that number. I think there is a set point theory for your healthy weight. Meaning, I don't think my body wants to be much less than that because that's not healthy for my body. My body knows what weight it needs to be. And so I really trust that. And it's funny that when I was in college, I weighed the same thing as today, but I want to tell you one thing. I don't have the same body today that I had in college. I didn't have any muscle. I don't want to say any, I had some, I definitely worked out, but I did not look like I look today then. I feel that I look much better today as an almost 15 year old, 50 year old than 20. Um, so just so you know, even though my body has a lot of muscle on it right now, which weighs more than fat, and my body looks different, my body still wants to be at 122. So I personally think there's a healthy weight point a healthy set point for most people. But that doesn't mean that's where you are at now. Meaning if you are 20 pounds overweight right now and you desperately wish you could get those 20 pounds off, I don't think you should sit here and be like, oh, well, set point theory says that this is just my set point. Now, you can get unhealthy weight off your body and get yourself back to healthy set point. But there is going to become a weight that your body is happy at. And that's, to me, what I would call your set point theory, your healthy weight. And I do see this with clients too. We get the five to 10 pounds off that they've been trying to lose forever until they saw me, they could never lose it. Most of them were not eating enough. And once we get that metabolism revved back up, we get them to a weight that then they can't really pass. And it's a very healthy weight. Now they might want to be five pounds under that because for some reason we all pick this number 
Like I always ask them like, but where does this number come from? Like, why do you want to be 130? You're a healthy 135. You look fantastic. You dropped the 10 pounds. So like, what is this 130 number? Oh, well, that's what I was before I got married or that's what I was before that. There is a point, I think, personally from experience that your body wants to be because it's healthy. And so you'll know when you're there because again, if we're talking the last five pounds and you just can never get under the then you're probably at about your set point. Again, that's my personal opinion, all right? Now, how to keep weight off, because definitely we want to keep weight off, and that is a struggle for lots of people. Even if set point theory is correct, losing weight and keeping it off, you have to understand that it is possible. So don't even think that you're gonna listen to this podcast and get away with leaving this podcast thinking, oh, this is my weight. I can't lose weight, so I may as well go eat that pizza because it doesn't matter. I'm always going to be this weight. No. In in all the research that I did about set point theory, they all said you can lose weight and you can keep it off. How do you do that? You avoid fad diets. This is them saying it, not me, even though I say it to you all the time. Avoid fad diets and lose weight in slow manner. You want to lose weight slowly. That might change your set point much better because you're going to be doing it over a longer period of time. It gives your body time to adjust to this new way of eating. And you may be more successful, according to these studies, if you have help from a dietitian, a nutrition nutritionist and nutrition coach like myself because it's not only the education that I provide people, but it's the accountability as well. So it can definitely help to have help and to realize that you're in this for the long haul. You can't be just doing this for 30 days and think you're going to drop the weight and then sustain it. You have to be willing to make some lifestyle nutritional changes. If you're just looking to lose 10 pounds for your honeymoon and then you want to gain it right back, then I guess, yeah, do the fad diet. You'll probably lose 10 pounds potentially, but you're going to just ruin your metabolism, you'll gain all the weight back, and it's gonna be harder to lose weight the next time when you keep doing those yo-yo type of diets. Now, recent research shows that about 20% of dieters keep the weight off. The National Weight Control Registry tracks people who have lost at least 30 pounds and have kept it off for at least one year. These individuals regularly answer questions about how they kept the weight from coming back. The data so far shows that people are more successful with long-term weight loss after a medical trigger. I thought that was super interesting. So meaning they had a warning about their health. And when they had that medical trigger, like God forbid they had a lump they found or maybe um, their blood pressure got so high it was a medical condition that was very concerning for their long-term health and they had to lose weight. Well, that actually helped people the most in getting that weight loss back on track. Also, members of the registry practiced the following behaviors, which may be tied to keeping the weight off. So listen up, team. This is how they did it. They weighed themselves regularly. So I recommend weighing in twice a week. I have my clients weigh in on Mondays and Fridays. Why do I do that? Well, I only look at the weight loss from Monday to Monday. 
Meaning I wanna see what you lost in a week, but I have everybody weigh in on Friday because let's face it, the worst eating happens on weekends. And so maybe they do great Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday, they go off the rails. And then by their Monday weigh-in, they're up three pounds. But if I had seen what they weighed on Friday, I would know that things were on track and it was their weekend eating that sabotaged their hard work. But I do think you need to weigh in at least once a week to keep yourself sort of in check. I've seen people give away their scales and I, Totally fine with that if you have um, any kind of eating disorder or it's making you crazy or you're obsessing over it. Those are all types of eating disorders in a sense. If, you, if that's the case, then you can definitely get rid of the scale. But I am gonna tell you this. People I see who get rid of the scale, they are the ones who often put on 20, 30 pounds and they have no idea. I personally get on the scale once a week because I wanna know what do I weigh if I'm up in weight by more than a certain amount, I know it's time to pull it back together. I don't ever wanna be 10, 20 pounds overweight again. So I'd rather fix it after three or four pounds than 10 or 20, especially knowing that as I get older, it only gets harder to lose that weight. Now what I wouldn't do, and then I definitely recommend this for the people who are a little obsessive about the scale, don't weigh in every day. Your weight naturally goes up and down and up and down every day. Your weight doesn't just stay at one number every day. It could be from hormones, it could be from salty food, it could be from stress, it could be from a super hard workout, it could be from dehydration. Like your weight goes up and down every day. If you're the kind of person who's gonna get discouraged, if you get on the scale and your weight is up three pounds one day, then you shouldn't weigh in daily because it's gonna happen. You should just weigh in once a week and take that comparison, all right? So a lot of people I know that did tell me they were obsessive about the scale, they were weighing in every day and it just helped them to make it weekly instead of daily. Daily is really not necessary. Now, what else did these members of the registry do that helped them keep the weight off? They attacked small weight gains before they became large gains, which is what I just said, right? So if I see I put on three pounds, I'm ready to attack it. I'm really not willing to go more than three to four pounds. That's where I'm gonna attack it. Um, it helps to attack it right away. And that's why weekly weighing in really helps that kind of thing. If it becomes 20 to 30 pounds, it's, it's more of a process, you know? And as I keep saying, as we get older, everyone I work with can tell you, it only gets harder to get that weight off. So make sure if you're starting to feel like you're gaining weight, let's take care of it right away instead of it becoming a huge gain. Now, another awesome thing that these people did that helped them keep the weight off, they ate breakfast. Every day, team. <laughs> I make all my clients eat breakfast. Most of my clients who struggle to lose the last five to 10 pounds, and that's why they come to me, they were not eating breakfast. They were intermittent fasting. They thought that was for the best, but it didn't work. And it usually doesn't work. So if you want to lose weight and you wanna keep it off, I highly recommend, and this research says you should be eating breakfast. And I mean like within the hour you wake up. Some people are like, yeah, I eat breakfast at like 11.30. Well, what time do you wake up? 5.30. Okay, that's no longer breakfast. Like you need to eat within about an hour of waking up. Now, what else did they do? They exercised around an hour a day, not three hours a day, not four hours a day, not even two, one hour a day. 
They ate a lower calorie diet, of course. They didn't go back to that, you know, huge cheat meal every day kind of thing. And they were consistent in sticking to their eating plan. That's the key. I tell people all the time, it's consistency. If you eat great one day and then you go out the next day and then you eat great the next day, but then you go out again the next day. It's like every time you go out to eat, I can assure you you're not eating as healthy. That's why I try to limit eating out as much as I can. You've got to be consistent. The more often you're eating healthy, the more often you eat home. Doesn't mean you can't eat out, but like pick those times you want to eat out for the weekend if that's when it usually is. Instead of just going to Starbucks and grabbing food there, wasting your eating out on Starbucks is like to me a complete shame. Their food isn't good and uh, it's usually super high sodium and their coffee hasn't been good in a long time, let's face it. So save those times so that you can consistently eat healthy more than not, that also is going to help you keep weight off. People who regain weight, just so you know, they said that they regain weight because they blame their lack of willpower. Researchers have found that willpower plays a role in weight control, but guess what? They say it's a very small role. So you can't blame your willpower because that's not what's causing your weight gain. All right, a lot of other factors are much more serious than that. So although there is evidence for set point theory, you have to know and you have to understand that there are so many other factors in weight loss that are so much more important than this set point theory. And studies show it is possible to lose weight and keep it off, even if there is something called set point theory. So there you have it. If you'd never heard of it, it's an interesting research thing that you know people talk about. I find it fascinating. As I said, I personally think there is sort of a set point for your body at the healthy zone. Um, I don't think that if you're 40 pounds overweight right now and you've been 40 pounds overweight for the last 10 years that this is your set point that cannot change. I think that your body has probably gotten very used to being here and it's gonna take a little time to get that off, but I absolutely know that you can do it unless, of course, there is some genetic or hormonal or medication that could be preventing that. But that's not set point theory, right? That's something else. So there you have it, everything you need to know about set point theory, how to lose weight in the right way, how to maintain that weight loss as well. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.